silly is that? What are we talking about? Let's go do basketball. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Hoop Dreams, the basketball podcast on the 8-Bit Collective, powered by our good friends at Audio-Technica. It is so good to be back. My name is Matt Tilby, and I am joined by the Chris Mullen and Tim Hardaway Sr. of the 8-Bit Collective. I'll let you decide who is who. It's John Peck and Brendan White. Boys, how we doing? Pretty good. Glad doing to be good, back mate. podcasting. Yeah. It's yeah. Been, what? It's, uh, two months? Three months. I think it was before the whole Kobe Bryant uh, unfortunate death earlier this year that we last recorded, like all-star break. So it's been, it's been a long time. We've just been perfecting our secret sauce. That's what's going on. Yeah. We, we sort of went away. We, we took our ball and went home and, and had to work out what we need to do to get things right. And here we are again. Well, yeah, a lot of things have happened since we've uh, last talked. Of course, uh, if you've been living under a rock, you probably have uh, escaped the coronavirus. But uh, yeah, not only sport, but the world in general has, has changed pretty drastically. Um, have you guys been uh, coping in your coronavirus isolation i know brendan's uh he shaved the beard yep the beard went um in a in a bout of spontaneity on the back of a work-related sort of charity event we had going and 12 years of being of, of bearded variety um went in one fell swoop from my clippers immediate levels of regret occurred about <laughs> half a second into the first but uh it's coming back in we've got sort of the stubble beard going at the moment but a couple of months and i should be back to where i want to be yeah yeah i've had about a, a week of growth and it's still not looking particularly great so we'll leave it at that um but yes of course the uh well there's there's not much basketball to talk about specifically when there isn't any basketball being played um of course once again, if you have been living under a rock, you probably hadn't seen that the NBA had suspended its season. Would, would have been around sort of mid-March, you would have said. Um, mm. Long story short, Rudy Gobert touched a bunch of microphones, got everyone sick, um, and then tested positive for coronavirus. And that has basically prompted the shutdown of the league in, you know, I guess in association with everyone else who has shut down pretty much every other sport in the world. But it's... The world has closed down. The doors, the borders, it's all gone. Yeah. Yeah, I think the season would have been suspended regardless of Rudy and whatever he did. Like That just brought it on a bit sooner. It was kind of like the straw that broke the camel's back because there were already discussions about, oh, should we be playing in empty stadiums and then that was kind of what i was expecting to happen but they kind of leapfrogged that whole phase by you know rudy Mm. testing positive and i think like for example the afl and a couple other leagues tried to keep going without fans and then as soon as the tighter restrictions came on it was just they nba pretty much skipped that in between phase yeah uh, well they were there was the the ruling that the Warriors were going to play the rest of their season behind closed doors, but that was literally the day that Gobert tested positive. Yeah. And I think that really just forced Adam Silver's hand. Um, credit to him. He's done as, as good as he can in a situation like this. But mm. it's it's a funny one because now you're hearing these reports about, obviously, Gobert got Donovan Mitchell positive as well. And, and then it all just sort of snowballed from there. Obviously, they had to test about 10 teams who played the Jazz beforehand. So really, this is the, the most sort of real world we're going to get in uh, in Hoop Dreams, I would say, in a, in a very long time. Um, but 
of course, now, obviously, the recovery phase is happening and a lot of sports are trying to get back into their leagues as soon as possible so they're obviously not hemorrhaging money in, in the first place. Um, Brendan, I want to come to you. The, the idea that the NBA is trying to, I guess, play out uh, some sort of portion of the season in Las Vegas uh, without going too much into the, uh, the details and the finer points of it, do you see this happening? Probably not. Um, just with the way the world is, unless they move this league to Sweden where they do not give a rat's ass about the coronavirus, um, that's the only way I could probably see this actually working. Like the world is in shambles and sadly America is getting worse by the second. Like they were so late to this and like you look at the you look at the numbers that are coming out of America alone. I know they probably would like a feel-good story and a distraction with some sport. But I think the best we're going to get is more of the the 2K sims or getting professional players playing online in game tourneys because the world's a mess. Like we might get something after our winter, like after their summer, I'd imagine. But the way it is at the moment, I think there's bigger things at stake. Like outside of the tone deaf NRL here in Australia, where they're trying to push ahead next month even though the state governments are saying, mate, we don't approve this. We're not allowing your players to to cross borders and, and bring your families and all this other nonsense. I think I think it's on the shelf for the foreseeable future. I think they're going to abandon this season. Um, and it's a shame because there was a lot of, lot of good stories coming out of this season, but I think they're going to park it and sort of put the, put the, the black line through it and, and come back bigger, badder and better. Um, maybe it's going to be a 2021 sort of kickoff with a shortened season next year. I don't know. It's, it's a tough one, and I mean, I'd sort of been looking over the last couple of days, and um, there was an interesting tweet from uh, ESPN analyst Bobby Marks, who was, of course, a former NBA executive who's probably got a, a you know a better idea of how teams can be run in, in obviously, a, a shortened season. Obviously, he, he, I'm not sure if he was there during their last lockout, but that's probably the closest you could, I guess, feasibly get to a, uh, a team not, you know, making any money, but... He thinks his best case scenario would have been early July for a start of the NBA playoffs and then sort of moving, I guess, to the draft at the end of August, um, summer slash fall league, sort of mid-September, and then an 82-game regular season in uh, starting on Christmas Day this year. So obviously, everything's having to be pushed back. But then, like you said, Brendan, how, how far does this go back and how far is this, you know, this snowball effect going to affect you know, future seasons. So it's a tough, tough time to, uh, I guess, run a league. That's it, as much as you could say. Yeah, I can't see how you could squish a season into an 82-game season from Christmas on. Like when the lockout happened, it was 66 games with, you know, back-to-back-to-backs, which they wouldn't want to get back to because it had such a negative effect on player bodies and injuries and overall fatigue, I think. But... I think the whole Vegas thing, as much as I was optimistic maybe a couple of weeks ago, I just can't see it happening. As Brendan said, like there's too many factors, there's too many risks, and even if you were to get a team down to its like skeleton crew of staff and trainers, it's probably still thirty-five people conservatively. That's thirty-five. So that's over people a thousand people, you know. Yeah, you know, that's a melting pot of badness waiting to happen. Yeah, it's mm. it's not going to happen. Not with 30 teams. If you did it with like the number one seeds from each conference, maybe. But 
I think the even the date of July seems like if if it was over in here in Australia where we've got the coronavirus contained and we've been doing um, social distancing and we've been doing kind of our, our quarantining, self-isolating thing for a lot longer than America, I feel like that could happen. That's feasible. Like if AFL said we're coming back in July or around then, like that sounds possible. But in America where it's so much worse, there's so many more cases, there's so many more states, there's so many more complications of different, like there's no national enforcement really. It's state by state, I think. So mm. I just think it's too much of a hornet's nest to pull that off and 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 get it done in a timely manner. I'd probably rather see um, the 2021... I'd, I think I'd rather see both seasons suffer rather than this season cancelled altogether. I think as much as that probably doesn't appeal to some people, I just hate the feeling of a season being all for nothing and having no resolution... And all these, mm. um, like, we've got, as Brendan said, like, storylines and narratives that are going to be abandoned completely. But I think that there's the possibility for some closure if we can somehow come up with a way to, you know, appoint a champion and an MVP and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think, realistically, the most teams that you could probably have had in Las Vegas would have been the 16 playoff teams. And even then, that's a huge stretch so it's tough. Um, and I think you've probably hit it best, Jono, is sort of get the sacrifice the twenty the 2020-2021 season now to at least get some basketball played for this season because it's going to be so much more difficult if you're continually having this delay come through and eventually you're going to have to, you know, make that sort of sacrifice and cancelling it all together has, you know, massive ramifications for um, not only the teams themselves who have been putting a whole bunch of money into this, but, you know, we'll probably talk about it in a second. Like teams like both the Lakers and the Bucks, who are top of their prospective conferences, could arguably put their hand up and say, look, we have been the best team all year. Why are we not being rewarded for this? Mm. So um, it's an interesting time for not just the NBA, but sport in general. Um, There's some complications on top of that, sorry. Like, if you even just look at the prospect of a cancelled season, uh, there's so many contracts that have these stipulations tied into them. You know, if I make an all-NBA team, I get an extra, like, $2 million added to my contract. You know, if I average 30 points a game, like, there's so many things that will need to be looked at and resolved and and figured out between owners and players and then you've got the owners pretty much suggesting a 50% pay cut the players unions suggesting 25% pay cut for a cancelled season like there's so many factors to figure out on top of the loss in revenue tv ratings and i guess just the the black you know the, the marred black line as you said of crossing out a whole season and not having a scoring champion and having not having you know a finals mvp and and all this stuff that we hold dearly i think can can i ask what's Mm. what's your stance on on that sort of player pushback where 
these professional athletes are getting upset and agitated by getting taking pay cuts when technically yes they are contracted but they're not doing their job right now like my opinion mm. I, I think it's justified if they you know if a league wants to survive like you look in our backyard here the nrl is almost dead because they are absolutely doomed from a from a monetary perspective yet players are pushing back saying oh we shouldn't get a pay cut but it's like well you're not going to work doing your job you're hanging at home and yeah you're getting fit and <laughs> whatever else but i'd prefer to get paid a little bit of something than a whole lot of nothing especially if not working like i'm i'm very mm. much from a league-wide perspective whether it be nrl afl nba nhl they're all talking about taking these cuts to to make the league stay afloat but you're getting pushback i'm I think I take take the side of the leagues in, in this in this aspect. What about you guys? Yeah. It's interesting. Like yeah. the the owners, I mean, not the owners, the players. Uh, I guess the union is saying we'll take a twenty five percent cut. So that's something. And I feel like they probably have played three quarters of the season, so it makes sense. It's not. It doesn't seem like fifty percent cut seems like more than what it would be. Like, is is this if, confirmed if though? Like. Because cause it's broken down for, for some leagues, like where it is paid weekly or monthly or whatever their cycle is, like that salary they get is distributed to them, to their bank accounts at a set yeah. frequency. It's not, they don't play the whole season and get paid their chunk yeah. for the season. So they would have been paid for what they've played already. But I think it's just for this next part moving forward where they want to try and yeah, cut right. some of the future yeah, I think, salary. I think the like the salaries not by the season, but by the by the year i assume like every two weeks or every month you know big chunky deposit lands in your bank account and i guess they would be looking at cutting that in half during this period but the yeah as i said the union suggesting 25 percent might be better well, the thing we- is as is, well like obviously the way that they make money is through the team's revenue because obviously the team gets revenue through you know gates you know all of the all of the seats all of the merch all of the memberships and whatnot um and then that would obviously filter through to the players correct like that's how they make their Mm. money so and obviously then you might have a couple you know high profile players steph lebron kd all that sort of stuff making money through endorsements so for the let's say like you know it might be different for lebron who's making fuck loads a year um compared to someone like let's say I don't know Alex Alex Caruso, Caruso who who <laughs> you leave he's, Caruso he's our whipping alone. boy. <laughs> he's our whipping boy for this uh, this uh, predicament. Um, he he may only earn like a million dollars a year compared to the forty or whatever that LeBron makes a year. So it's going to be a little bit different when both players aren't playing because obviously this, this yeah. thing has happened, but the team's not making money because they're not playing. So it's this just vicious cycle that continues to, to roll around and round. So I guess the, the sooner that they can get this done, the better because like them obviously playing hurts them, but mm. you've got to find that sort of that, that safe ground for you know being able to, to take a salary. Yeah, I find it hard to have any sympathy for the owners that are losing that money when they're already billionaires. That's probably the main mm. thing is that they can afford to take this hit, unlike, I guess, maybe the NRL owners or the AFL, whatever it might be. The NBA makes so much money. I know that TV is such a big part of that, and it's gonna it will hurt them, obviously. It, owning a team is probably a lot less glamorous when you don't have all that TV money coming in. 
and I think that's an issue. But so much of owning a team, like when you pay $2 billion for the Clippers or whatever it is, you're not making that back. Like it's it's partly a vanity thing. It's like a, a token of, of, of status to own an NBA team more than a business investment. So as much as it hurts them, and, and I guess it, it, there's a trickle down to the people that they pay and the opportunities they have to invest in their local economies or local communities and all the staff that work for the, obviously the NBA team, I don't think there's a great deal of concern for the owners. It's probably more, yeah, the, the way that it affects the league's overall health, as it were. Mm. Did we get a list of owners who are prepared to pay their part-time stadium employees? Because I feel like <laughs> it'd be that's a very low percentage. Under the radar. <laughs> a very <laughs> low percentage. They were all doing it. I thought they were all doing well, it by now. All the only one that I had heard publicly was Mark Cuban. Yeah, so um, he came out straight away and said that. But then, like Dolan and like the Bulls and a, a couple others, over time they like slowly. They said like we've thought about it and we've like done the math and we're happy to do it. I think it was just that Cuban was the one that kind of did it without any consideration. He just came out the day that the Kent's like the suspension of the season was announced and he said I'll continue to pay players. He's such a rock star. Mm. I love Mark Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's great. Um, yeah, so look, it's it's a, a, a difficult time for the league to make its money. Obviously, they're trying as as desperately as they can to uh, mm. create some basketball content. Obviously, we're seeing the, uh, the, the the formation of this horse tournament that's uh, yeah. that's being put on with a bunch of um, NBA and WNBA players. Um, looks like they're going to be, I guess, filmed concurrently in both players' gyms or like courts or of some sort. Obviously, to um, continue the the safe isolation of players, but. Do you think they're kind of scraping the barrel with this sort of stuff? I don't think so. I think I think this is the new normal. Like I guess the best case in point is you look at the V8 Supercars E Series. I think they're calling it, which yeah, um, the yeah. production quality in that is absolutely phenomenal. And they've got driving rigs set up at the respective drivers' houses or maybe their office or whatever it might be, and it's seamless. Like transitioning from you know, on the on the digital or virtual racetrack to the driver and sort of seeing them all. It looks like a proper proper production. So I think they can do it mm. and they can do it well. And this is just the new normal. Like my my work, my nine to five has shifted to exactly this. It's it's in front of a computer screen, virtual meetings all day, webinars and everything like that. And this is how the world works now. So whatever you can chuck onto a screen, whether it be IRL or digital or in video game format or some kind of media format it's it's going to work and I think the NBA are just concerned about maintaining relevancy like they're, they're not short on money like they've got their their broadcast agreements they're, they're still going to toll and they're going to get that money but they're just mm. trying to I guess stay in the headlines or stay in people's minds in some regards so the horse tawny's sort of what they've popped up it's a bit of dumb fun and who doesn't love dumb fun mm. I'll, I'll watch some horse yeah it's it's a tricky one because like yeah obviously all, all, all the stuff you just said but I think the NBA has an advantage over other leagues where it's such a personality based thing where you know the NFL can't do anything like this the MLB can't do anything like this the NBA has the personalities it's the individuals that can be celebrated and get a chance to stand out whether it's you know another 
all-star Saturday type event to, you know, get people doing dunks in their gym that they've got in their house and that it's like streamed and you see different players and everyone at home can vote. I don't know. There's like a lot of options for how they can still entertain us without leaving the house or if they've got a gym in their house. And I think that they'll have to get creative and do different things like this, but it's not... (laughs) It's not going to make a whole big difference. It's, it's really just kind of keeping something for people to look forward to. I think if there, mm. if it does, I think if it's decided, there's not going to be a season. That's when they have to do that kind of thing. Yeah, I think they're obviously just keeping their their toes in the water at the moment. Um, obviously, they have been playing a lot of 2K, um, yeah. and of course, it came out in the last couple of days that. Uh, the players tournament was of course won by uh, our lord and savior Devin Booker of the Phoenix Suns um, but you were sort of touching on it there Brendan about how the V8s did the the E series where they have all the rigs and the production values the one thing i was thinking of was obviously they had their um, i think it's either channel 7 or fox sports they've obviously got the official commentators commentating on those ones why not just get like simulated games and just get, you know, um, Marv Albert or, you know, all the, all the, all the official commentators, Reggie Miller, get them all going and, and, and get a bit of fun and, and sort of legitimacy to these sorts of um, games. And I guess it keeps them, um, <laughs> you know, fit and spry for the uh, the season ahead if it does go ahead. It would come down to then who has the broadcast rights. Obviously, these commentators are contracted to TNT, CBS, or whatever it is. So if, say, one of those outlets buy the streaming rights, like it makes sense for like ESPN. You know, they've had a, a partnership on and off with 2K for a long time. So if they're broadcasting it and whoever the, the contracted ESPN commentators are, yeah, they could be obliged to, to do that in their contract. Where it's like, you are still commentating and, and giving your giving your thoughts and feedback on an NBA game and it is getting broadcast to millions. So it just kind of depends on who picks up the, the streaming rights because, yeah, as you said, Channel 7 here in Australia, I'm pretty sure uh, are broadcasting the, the V8 um, Supercar E-Series. So obviously they've got Rusty and whoever else is in their commentary team there to, to sort of abide by their contracts to make sure they're getting paid too because it makes sense for everybody to, to get involved. Mm. I've got a question. A burning question. Sorry to interrupt. Yes. How are we going to salvage the 8-bit Invitational Fantasy Basketball season? Because I've got a commanding lead. <laughs> and I feel like if there has to be a champion crowned, I'll, I'll wear that crown. But uh, if, I can't I can't have this season. I was doing so well. I can't have it be for nothing. We'll have yeah, to wait and see. Hanging over your conscience. Maybe we'll, well we'll simulate I mean, it. We'll we'll make some like we'll make some pseudo all star teams in two K and oh, we'll simulate the games. That could be a way to do it. Yeah, we should build our that's, actual teams and then do a seven that's team, not seven a game series. Bad yeah. idea. I mean, because you guys were both top of your prospective mm-hmm. conferences, and I guess this will once again tie into who the loser is of the real NBA because we've got the Bucks and the Lakers um, in both the yeah. East and the West. But yeah, I mean. <clears throat> I know that you've been pretty you know, vocal about it, Jono, but that's actually not a bad idea. We'll have to see if we can get some content up for 8-bit. Maybe we'll do a couple of uh, videos on that and, and see what happens. But um, look, let's just jump into it. I think um, obviously the, the two major parties who will f- obviously lose the most will be the team's top of the, the conferences, your Bucks and your Lakers. But I mean, you could even you know 
hazard a guess that the teams scrapping for a place in the playoffs would have been you know a little hard done by that all that work was for nothing um, mm. I would have said that the, the Phoenix Suns would have probably just not cared if the season had stopped by now anyway. But, um, Jono, in your opinion, who loses out the most? I think it's the Clippers. I know that the Bucks were having the amazing season. They were probably going to be a really, you know, a really solid contender to win a championship, the first in a, a long time. But unless... Giannis is tempted to leave after this. I think they're going to have that window open a little. There's there's so many losers, so it's hard to pick one because I do think they are a huge loser. Like we know, despite that window being open, you know, you never know how long it is open for because the 2012 OKC team that went up against the uh, Heat, we thought they were going to have another five years of chances to win a championship, and the team was broken up pretty soon thereafter. So, yeah, the Bucks are definitely a big loser, but the Clippers I'm picking because they went all in on on Kawhi and Paul George and they sent all these draft picks away and they pretty much, you know, they, they gave up and sacrificed their future for the present and they've just lost a chance to have that pay off this season at all. So, do they get another chance next season? Yeah, but it's so easy for things to change and, and things change so quickly in the NBA that if they don't win a championship in the next two or three years, they're in a huge problem. You're in a huge hole. Like the way that Brooklyn was for years with all the picks they gave up to get the, uh, the, the Celtics in there, like KG and Pierce. What were you going to say, Brendan? Oh, nothing. I was just agreeing with you. Um, yeah. I'm, I think, <laughs> I think you nailed it. I, that's where I was going to go with my loser. Obviously, I'm sad that the Raps who are leading, uh, having the the best win streak in the NBA yeah. at, at current standing, were uh, you know pretty hard done by. But I think I think yeah the, the clips what was that sorry, still the reigning champs for another oh yeah year. still the reigning champs so back back to back champs which uh, I'm all about so I'm just curious to see like these contracts I don't think they're going to roll over because they've played you know. 80% or so of this season. So I think that's going to allow the people like the Drummonds mm. and and such to, to enter free agency for whenever this season gets closed off or, or mulliganed or whatever they're going to do. Um, so from winners, I think a winner could be maybe the 76ers because they might be back healthy for whenever the next season is. We might actually see some cohesion there. Um, mm. Another potential winner, depending on what they're going to do with the draft, is obviously the Warriors because they're going to have their whole contingent back plus a lottery pick. Um, I'm assuming they're not going to fall any further than, let's say, five in the lottery. So they're going to have a top five pick um, plus Curry, plus Thompson um, and, and, uh, and Andrew Wiggins. Oh, my goodness. But yeah, it's yeah. it's interesting to see what's going to play out next year. There's going to be a lot of different looking teams, a lot of fresh blood rolling into these teams. But then you look at like a Lakers, like LeBron, he's having mm. he's having a fantastic statistical season, but he's another year older. Like he's got a lot of miles on those tires. So uh, let's see if he's going to be able to keep up that that heightened sense of play with him and AD next year. Um, yeah, it's just, yeah, I think just there's weird. a hit on his legacy. There's definitely like you, you look at the point of his career that he's at, and every missed game for him is another, you know. It's it's less time for him to catch up to those all time leaders in points and all time leaders in 
you know, playoff games and, and all these things that matter to him, I think. So to not have a chance to win another ring, to not have a chance to win another finals MVP, mm-hmm. I think it sucks. Like imagine if the 97 or 98 season was cancelled and Jordan didn't get that, you know, fifth and sixth uh, championship. Like that's potentially the way LeBron is looking at this. I don't know if the Lakers would have got past the Clippers. It's possible, but I think... I think it definitely sucks for him and it sucks for a a guy that's towards the end of his career but still playing really well and you just kind of wonder how long he can do it for you know it would be like the 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 Spurs to use a recent example losing the 2013 or 2014 season with Timmy Duncan like still playing really well but you're not sure how much longer he's got left yeah Mm. I think uh, another big loser out of the whole thing is uh NBA fans in general because uh, we obviously well firstly we'll be missing out on basketball but we won't get the chance to properly say farewell to one Vince Carter who looked like he was going to retire this season he's dead to um, me anyway he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's basically said that he was going to retire at the end of the season you know shut down or not but it's sad because the, the mm. guys had a, a career that obviously um, warrants uh, celebration whether or not he'll be a, a first ballot Hall of Famer or not um, and we could probably talk He's about him in a sec yeah. um, but it, it would be frustrating if you wanted to have that you know season long swan song having been cut short by something that's completely out of your hands so yeah it's it's certainly tough um, to see a, a player of his, his calibre you know not being given the grand send off that he deserves but Maybe he'll take it to Twitch or something and, and find new ways for, you know, he'll, he'll get bits cheered at him and, you know, he'll, he'll make some money out of his own, uh, his, his own retirement farewell. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, no, he will be missed. Like, all, all jokes aside and, and his treatment towards my Raptors still leaves a bad taste <laughs> in my mouth. But, yeah, he's, he's a stalwart and he's a legend and his career is, is timeless. Like, it's gone across, what, three separate sort of decades which is insane mm. when you think about it, the 90s into the noughties, into the 2010s, and now into the... Oh, four decades, if you're now including the 20, yeah. <laughs> 2020. So it's insane. And obviously, he's a shell of his former self, but still a hell of a competitor. And he would have been a good sort of vet presence in the various locker rooms he's had at the tail end of his career. But I think he got I think he got a pretty fitting send-off. Like, they, they made a, a pretty big um, song and dance. I can't remember the game he was playing, like the last game he was part of, they brought him in specifically and, and let him sort of have his last shot and whatever else. And, and sort of the defense hung off him knowing that this could be the last time we'll ever see, uh, Vince Carter stroke it on the, on the NBA floor. So I think he's, I think he's got his due. Um, yeah, it's, it's not a big sort of 82 game finish and the big huzzah at the end, but considering the circumstances, I think, I think they've done well and there'll be there'll be plenty of pieces written and filmed about him over the next several years highlighting his, his career anyway. So, yeah, but he'll be missed. And so will a few yeah. other players that will retire at the end of this season or end of whatever you call this. So, exactly. It's amazing to think about Vince Carter. Like, if you went back to... Podcasts weren't a thing, but if you went back to Talkback Radio in like 2005, 2006, they would have been saying, you know, Vince Carter's past his prime he's, he's no longer an elite NBA player and he's played another 16 15 years since then like that is amazing that's longer than some people's career in its entirety so what he's achieved and 
what he's been able to do to, in his tail end of the career is almost more impressive than the, the kind of first 10 years, I think. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. He's a, a very much a positive role model for dads everywhere. Uh, <laughs> um, I guess we might as well leave it on a positive note. Um, of course, earlier this week, the... Uh, was it the the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame um, announced their entrance for I guess the the class of 2020 2021 is it, I guess what's the the season however they class it but yeah. um, you could argue it's quite possibly the most star-studded um, Hall of Fame class of all time of course you've got well let's let's lead through I guess some of the other uh, entries, of course, you've got Tamika Catchings in the WNBA and uh, Rudy Tomjanovic, uh, famous coach, who's also mm-hmm. jumped in as well. But of course, the big three: Kevin Garnett, Tim Duncan, and the late great Kobe Bryant. Uh, Brendan, this is probably, I guess, the the only fitting way to uh, to bring Kobe into the spotlight once again, and I, I think it's more than deserved, isn't it? Oh, hundred percent. Like um, eighteen-time All Star. Uh, five titles, two finals MVPs. Like he's, his history uh, in the game speaks for itself. And obviously, what he was doing outside of the game with with his Mamba Academy and his investment with his with his young daughter. Um, you know, it's it's he's he's a legend of a of a player on the court. Obviously, there's some things off the court that we're not going to talk about now. But from a pure player perspective, he's one of the greats. Um, you know, he's he's a top ten player of all time. Um, done fantastic things. And was taken to, from us, yeah, very, very abruptly and very unexpectedly earlier this year. So it is bittersweet. Like, it is a nice, I guess, final send-off or acknowledgement as far as what he did on the court. Um, but, yeah, he's up there with some good company like Tim Duncan and, and, and KG, uh, two of the, the all-time great big men. Um, I remember KG coming back in his Minnesota days and he was just a beast you know just this rangy tall son of a gun just with this fire and passion and then tim duncan was just this big big bear like just this quiet dude that just went about his business but was a competitor mm. and you know he he in itself was it 15 times i think he was an all-star um something like that obviously three finals mvps five titles as well and two league mvps so yeah and the spurs are very lucky obviously getting him on the back end of the david robinson era so having the two big boys play together for a little bit at the back end of his career was something to see but yeah man it's um it's nice and it and it sort of was a welcome distraction i think from the whole covid 19 situation getting the hall of fame chatter going and, and seeing mm. seeing these sort of pillars of of the modern era um get their due mm. Uh, John, I wanted to ask you in regards to Mr. Tim Duncan. Yeah. Is he possibly one of the most unsung all-stars of all time? I was just going to bring this up, actually. So that's a good question. I think because he's not the flashy player, he's not um, the dynamic personality of like a Shaq and he's, or, or KG even, he, it's easy for people to underrate how good he was and how much he improved any team he was part of. And I think that the consistency he brought, like you can look at his first 12 seasons and the stats are basically identical. It's 20 and 10 with two blocks and, you know, a bunch of assists and 50 plus wins every season. So he's he's just a guy who led by example on the court. He was, a, you know, he never really said the wrong thing. He never 
did anything wrong by his teammates or played selfishly. He never cracked it with the coach and you know having Popovich there and him as a tandem for that time is one of the best dynasties you could ask for, I think. And yeah, I think that he is underrated. I think you could make an argument that he's probably had a better career than Shaq, even though Shaq is often touted as, you know, one of the kind of top three or four big mans of all time. I, th- I think I would have rather play with Tim Duncan personally. I'm with you. Uh, and, <laughs> and, you know, it's, it's fitting that he's getting inducted with KG and Kobe because him and, and KG's careers crossed over almost completely. KG got there a couple of years earlier but he came straight from high school. So I figured they were probably a similar age and Kobe was kind of the rival as far as the Lakers and the Spurs at the beginning of those two thousands when they were both kind of at their, at their peak as players and as teams, you know, we saw a few different iterations of the Spurs during his time there, but they, they had such a great rivalry and so many great playoff series. And it's, um, It'll be interesting to see if if Tim Duncan shares any uh, words about Kobe in his speech or if he'll decide not to go down that path. But I think the three of them, they're all very different players. Like KG and Kobe have probably the most similar mentality but completely different games. Whereas Duncan and KG have like that similar game but completely different personalities. So... Yeah, the, the three of them getting inducted together, I think, is very fitting and and pretty cool. I'm I'm hoping that that will um, produce some memorable moments as far as speeches and and highlights that get thrown around and shared on social media at the time. Mm, yeah, and of course, uh, the other one in that trifecta being KG, who obviously, I mean, statistics wise and and accomplishments wise, probably didn't. You know, he only got one title. Um, and then one MVP compared to the litany of titles that his uh, his two other Hall of Fame entrants got. But you could argue, Brendan, that other than Kobe, he played with the most ferocious uh, tenacity and just this you know this love for the game on on his shoulders, and and he played like it was his last game. Yeah, he he has he had a fire and still has a fire. You even watch it in his acting these days. But um, yeah, the, the passion that he brought to the court, like as you said, like every play he played it like it was his last ever one. Like it, it felt like he never took took a play off um, on the offensive mm. or defensive end. Like just looking at his stats, he's the only NBA player to reach 25,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 5,000 assists, 1,500 steals and 1,500 blocks. So so you look at that and it shows that he's just, you know, given it everything at both ends of the court. Like um hell of a player and and hell of a personality like now that he's doing commentary and things like he's a well-spoken guy very very um thought out in his opinions and um you know he, he can sort of hold the attention like you see some of these ex-nba players come in and commentate like and, and i guess talking about Shaq now like he just him and barkley are just mumbling like old fools these days where <laughs> where kg has a bit of awareness about how to be entertaining and informative at the same time and he's he's got very well thought out opinions which which i love um i love listening mm. to him talk basketball and, and yeah he's just got a fire that i think a lot of people in all aspects of their careers could sort of learn a lot from that compete level yeah, K- mm. kg will say anything that comes into his head like he doesn't care if it's offensive towards you know disrespecting another player or anything like that he'll just say it and 
it's he's he's fiercely loyal is the way I would describe him. Like you mentioned, Tilby, his lack of I guess finals achievements. He stayed in Minnesota way too long, and he said that like he should have got out of there, you know, a contract before he did, because they weren't going anywhere, and he stayed there. And we know his time in Boston was the most successful, and he still talks about those players and that city and that team with such like a fierce loyalty. There's like a, there's a scene in Uncut Gems, if you haven't seen it, where Sandler's character asks him who would win in a fight out of uh, Tony Allen, and I think it was Ben Wallace, and he says, oh, T.A., hands down. Like, and it, whether it's improvised or not, like you know that KG is going to back his guys till the very yeah. end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, one thing I did want to ask about KG is, especially near the twilight of his career when obviously he jumped over to the Brooklyn Nets who were then a shell of what they are now and then obviously the return to Minnesota um, and even in the last couple of days he's been sort of saying how much like he I think he's about to have his jersey retired by the Timberwolves and he wasn't particularly happy with um, the front office in that in that point. Do you feel like the last couple of years of his career sort of tarnished that legacy a little bit, or do you do you think it's just a a blot in the copybook and they'll continue on um, recognizing his talent? It just happens. Like players get older. Like Kobe's last couple of seasons were no, you know, sunshine and, and and roses and rainbows. Like he had he went out with a sixty point game, which is an amazing way for Kobe to go out. But the teams weren't great, and he his you know the Achilles injury definitely had a big toll on him. So it's it's pretty rare for a player to go out on top. Jordan did it. I can't really think of anyone else that truly has has done that. Even um, I mean, I guess Tim Duncan was still you know relevant when he retired. But yeah, even still Dwayne Wade like close to double doubles. Yeah, yeah, and but even Dwayne Wade like he had a few years where he was in that kind of KG sphere of teams not really wanting him, but like valuing his, I guess, leadership and, and that kind of thing. And still having flashes of being able to do things like, I guess Paul Pierce and is, is another example of that. But I think with KG, he was valued so much for what he could bring to the wolves and to Carl Anthony towns being there as a, a, you know, the next big man that I'm glad he got to finish where he started in that mm. sense and as far as stuff going on behind the scenes I don't really I don't really know what the story is there but I'm, I'm glad that uh, that they're retiring his jersey mm, exactly well I think it's a pretty fitting way to uh, to I guess commemorate the man and um, it'll be good to see all three men get the uh, the due that they deserve yeah um, in the coming weeks and months but uh, I think that's as good a place as any to uh, finish up on a, a very interesting um, episode of Hoop Dreams. Hopefully we will be back in a shorter period of time than two months or whatever it was than the next one. But um, I mean, in the meantime, it looks like uh, the very highly touted uh, documentary series, The Last Dance, might be coming out in the next couple of, uh, yes. couple of days. And um, we may possibly take a look at that but uh, it remains to be seen. But of course, if you uh, want to keep in, in track on track of uh, everything that we've been doing 
at Hoop Dreams and at 8-Bit. You can always follow us at We Are 8-Bit. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at It's Tilby. Brendan, where can they follow you? I uh, can follow me everywhere at Brendan8Bit or at Bren8Bit on the Nintendo Switch if you want to come kick it at Sharkfin Island. It is uh, coming up. I'm building a basketball court as we speak on there. So you want to come play some virtual hoops on Animal Crossing New Horizons? Hit, hit your boy up. Yeah, you'll have to uh, you'll have to post your friend code, I guess. Um, and uh, Jono, where can they follow you? You can catch me everywhere at Jono himself awesome stuff and of course if you want to send us uh, your comments queries questions and complaints you can always do so with the hashtag hoop dreams but until next time that has been all from us from me matt tilby brendan white john opec stay inside stay home stay safe and that will be all from us for now take care you here keep dreaming of an nba season anything's possible <laughs>